بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد على آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب شرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل الوقدة من لساني يفقه قولي أما بعد Respected elders, your brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our creator, our designer, our nourisher, and the creator and the designer of the entire universe and everything that it contains. And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved messenger and beloved uh, and final messenger Muhammad, the son of Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. I hope that you're all doing well, my brothers and sisters, that your families are safe and everyone is enjoying to the best of your ability the last few uh, weeks of the summer. We find ourselves today, my brothers and sisters, on the second day of the new Islamic year of 1442. This means that it has been 1,442 years since the Hijrah, the migration of the Prophet and the Muslims from Mecca to Medina, which led to the creation of the first Islamic society and community and the first home base for Islam. SubhanAllah, when we look back, when we look back definitely through the history of the world, but even the history of this ummah, of, this, uh, of, of our community of Muslims, there have been many ups and downs in these 1,442 years. There have been great moments, there have been bright moments of glory and happiness and there have been terrible moments when the Ummah has found itself in terrible misery, when things appear to be hopeless. We may be thinking that we are living through perhaps one of those moments as we see oppression around the world, as we see hardships facing different segments of the human population, as we see fragmentation within the Muslim Ummah and great efforts to keep dividing the Ummah in numerous ways. But remember my brothers and sisters, that each time the state of the Ummah has fallen low, Allah has brought it back. And we should desire to be among those who Allah chooses as a means for bringing it back up. We should desire to be among those who Allah chooses as a means of bringing the Ummah back up, of bringing the, the community of Muslims and of bringing Islam back up to where it should be. This means taking a stand, even if it is just in our hearts, against any evil, against any perversion of the teachings of Allah and His Messenger Taking a stand, even if it is just in our hearts, against any attempt to justify wrong any attempts especially by leaders to justify wrong haq 
which is the truth, will always remain haq. And batil, which is falsehood, will always remain batil. And a person of the haq can never support batil. A person of the haq, a person of the truth, can never support what is falsehood. He may be faced with it in different ways. He may be dressed up in different ways. He may be presented to them in different ways. But a person of the haq, a person of the truth, can see the truth and can never support that which is falsehood. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all the people of haq. May Allah make us all the people of the truth. Always. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. What is heartwarming, alhamdulillah, is that even in such dire circumstances, when no effort is being spared to disunite the ummah and hurt the cause of Allah, alhamdulillah, iman, faith, is still alive in the hearts of believers. Even during these times, when every effort is being made to, to hurt the cause of Allah, to hurt the cause of Islam, to disunite the Muslims, to cause divisions, to bring up new issues, so that the Muslims end up being divided, alhamdulillah, even in such circumstances, we find that iman, that faith, is still alive in the hearts of believers. And subhanAllah, there are many believers amongst us there are many people around the world who actually believe in what Islam preaches. They actually believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but they just don't realize it. They actually don't know it. And when they discover it, they realize that, oh, I have always been Muslim. I have always believed in what Islam preaches, except they just didn't know that it was actually Islam that was preaching what they have, are actually believing already. Right? So there are many believers amongst us, alhamdulillah, but also all around the world who are actually believers and they are believing, but they actually don't realize it. There are still mu'mineen and believers today who love Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who are still guided by Allah in their ability to recognize right from wrong, in their ability to differentiate between haq and batil, between the truth and falsehood, regardless of what those in power say or decide. You know, sometimes when people are in power, they feel they are able to do anything. They feel that they are able to mask their hypocrisy and that the people, the hearts of the ummah, will be fooled and will not be able to see their hypocrisy. They try to muzzle their citizens and their people because they're afraid that their hypocrisy is going to be exposed. Their people around them are able to feel, but they are not able to speak. Because every effort is made to mask hypocrisy. So let it be known to every such leader that your hypocrisy is being seen by the ummah. That the hearts, the believing hearts of this ummah can see and know about the hypocrisy that you are trying to cover. And it is exposed. And while they may not be able to say it, they can see what is happening. Because actions speak louder than words. A person may say something, but their actions will show what is actually inside their hearts. And that is something that the believer who is guided by Allah to see the truth will able to see no matter what effort is made, no matter how much effort is made to try to conceal the truth. The hypocrisy will always come out and will always be visible. And it is visible to the hearts of the ummah today. As we move forward, my brothers and sisters, 
it is of critical importance that we not only keep our link alive, but we continue to strengthen our connection with Allah and His Messenger وسلم, particularly through Allah's book and the teachings of His beloved Messenger It is of critical importance that we not only keep that alive, but we continue to strengthen that connection because as you get more and more distant, it becomes easier to lose that connection. As time goes on and we move further and further away, once 1,442 years today, next year it's going to be 1,443. It's not going to be going back. It's not going to be 41 and 40. It's going to be 1,443 years. So as we move further ahead in terms of time and in terms of our attitudes, in terms of our uh, beliefs and our choices, that connection will become weaker and weaker if we do not make an over uh, an effort to overcome that weakness. It's just like, you know, as someone who is moving away from the radio signal, right, from the broadcast tower, from the cell phone tower. Once as you move, continue to move ahead, your coverage starts getting lower and lower if there's no other transmission towers in the area. So you have to make sure that that connection is kept strong because we are moving further away. Right? If not through our choices and our attitudes, then just by virtue of time. And it is critical, therefore, that we continue to strengthen our reception. We continue to strengthen our ability to receive. Otherwise, we will lose that connection just by virtue of time. Amongst our cousins in faith, my brothers and sisters, we can see the differences between those who have held on to teachings and those who were very liberal in adopting and embracing changes in the religion. We can clearly see the difference. We don't want to end up being among those who worship their desires and their minds instead of Allah. We don't want to be those who worship their desires and their intellect and their minds instead of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, addressing Prophet David Dawood alayhi salam, وَلَا تَتَّبِعِ الْهَوَى فَيُضِلَّكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, And do not follow. وَلَا تَتَّبِعِ الْهَوَى And do not follow your desires. فَيُضِلَّكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Or they will lead you astray from Allah's way. So if you bring your desires, if you start following your desires that cannot mix with the way of Allah, either you follow your desires and you go on your own path, or... You shun your desires and you follow Allah's way. If you mix those two together, you're not going to end up in a good place. Do not follow your desires or they will lead you astray from Allah's way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tells us in the Quran, Have you seen those who have taken their own desires as their God? Have you seen those who have taken their own desires as their God? And so Allah left them to stray knowingly. Allah left them astray. And Allah sealed their hearings and their hearts. And placed a cover on their sight. Who then can guide them after Allah? Will you all not then be mindful? Will you not take heed? And recognize what will happen or what happens to those 
who take their desires as their God. They start treating themselves, their own desires, as if it is their God, meaning their obedience, huh? their worshiping of their self, their obedience towards their self, themselves, their submission to their, uh, to their lowly desires. They are people like that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lets them stray knowingly, even though they may have knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lets them go astray because that is the choice that they end up making by taking their desires as their Lord. This deen, my brothers and sisters, this religion belongs to Allah. He will protect it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect it. And He will revive it through whom He wills as He has in the past. This religion, Islam, the one and true religion sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not dependent upon us because it is the deen, the religion of Allah. And Allah will revive it through whom He wills as He has done in the past. The ummah has faced situations where it has felt that it has hit rock bottom. That there is widespread destruction, widespread chaos, no hope, right? widespread oppression. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has brought it back up. The question is, my brothers and sisters, what role do we want to have in it? What role do we want to play? Do we want to be a means for its downfall? Or do we want to be a means for its revival? This is our choice. Which side are we on? Do we want to be the means for the revival of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Or do we want to be a means for its apparent downfall? We shouldn't say downfall, but it's apparent downfall because in the end, the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will rise, inshaAllah. So this Islamic New Year of 1442 has begun with the month of Muharram, right? with the sacred month of Muharram, of which today is the second day. Now the new year, my brothers and sisters, just like every new day and every new hour, is a reminder that time is passing. It is a reminder that time is passing. Every single hour, every single minute, every single second that is gone will not come back. If the seconds and the minutes and the hours will come back. But guess what? The day and the date is not, not going to be the same. The day will be the same once a week. The date will never be the same. So August 21st, 2020 will never come back. You will never have this day again. Whatever is gone is gone. So each passing of time is a reminder of the fact that this time is running out, an opportunity for us to reflect. When a year has passed, from the Islamic tradition, it's more of a time of concern than a time of celebration. This is why we don't see in the Islamic tradition celebration of the passing of time. There's no such holiday or celebration passed down to us in our Islamic tradition that has to do with the passing of time. Right? We don't see a celebration for New Year's, for example, Islamically. Right? Even the celebration of birthdays was not something that we find in the Islamic tradition, because the passing of time is more of a time of a, a moment of concern than a moment of celebration. It is not an achievement, it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but a moment of concern as well. That what have we done? What have we achieved? What did we do right? What could we have done better or done differently? 
And for the new year, what are the things we want to achieve to get better as we get closer to our end? Right? As we get closer to our end. And this goes for the new school year as well, which of course is going to be very different this year. School is, uh, of course, starting soon. The new academic year will, will be starting soon or perhaps even has started for some. So my brothers and sisters, you should take this, this reminder or these reminders of the passing of time as an opportunity to reflect and to reset. These are reminders that our allotted time on earth, the short life is getting shorter by the day. Every single person has their time already allotted for them. The exact moment, the exact moment when I and each one of us are going to take our last breath in this world, our last gasp of air, after which there will be none, the last moment when our heart will beat, the last heartbeat, everything has been recorded and has been determined. And we do not know when that is going to happen. It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen 50 years from now. Nobody can say with certainty because only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But it has already been determined. So it is getting shorter and shorter by the day. So as we enter this new year, right, this is one year less from our lifespan. Right? One year closer to that moment. So what do I need to do to make things right? What do I need to do to make things right? Because as long as I'm alive, Allah has given me the opportunity to make things right. But when I'm no longer alive, then that moment will have passed. And I don't want to be from among those who will regret, who will say, oh, I wish, and there will be many people like that. May Allah protect us. There will be many people like that, even in this world. An opportunity passes and we say, oh, how I wish I had done this. Oh, how I wish I had done that. For worldly matters, okay, perhaps we can bear it. But when it comes to our hereafter, that will be too great of a regret, my brothers and sisters. <clears throat> so the question is, what do I need to do to make things right? Take some steps to bring about positive change in our lives that help us build a better hereafter. Make dua, have good goals. You know, people have New Year's resolutions. Huh? When the new year, the new Gregorian year comes up, what do we find? New Year's resolutions. Most of them have to do with losing weight and more exercise. Huh? That's the time that gyms and you know fitness uh, retailers are, are waiting for because they know that most people are going to sign up, they're going to buy equipment, and then after a month or two, after a few weeks, they won't be coming to the gym but the money will still be coming in, or the treadmill will be used for putting towels, uh, drying towels perhaps. Uh, that is what the, uh, the equipment will be used for. Right? So this, the, the resolutions are usually very short-lived. I'm going to do long aspirations. Oh, I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to lose 100 pounds. I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to go on a keto diet. I'm going to do this, that. MashaAllah, good intentions. Alhamdulillah, good sentiments. Nothing wrong with that. Right? But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, how reasonable and how practical is it? And what do we realize? That the changes don't stick because there's no real meaningful change in the lifestyle. Right? These are passing thoughts, but there's no meaningful change in the lifestyle. Those who are successful, mashallah, there are a few people who are able to do it, right? it's because they bring meaningful change, substantive change in their lifestyles. Right? And, it and it requires resolve. What does it resolve? require? Azam, resolve, strong resolve. To stick to what one has planned and what has what what one has uh, you know achieved 
uh, or rather uh, intended to do. Right? You need strong resolve for those things. Right? So this is a moment when we evaluate, right? where we take a break, we evaluate ourselves. Right? Because day to day, what happens? We're busy with life. Right? Perhaps you have some more time in the pandemic. Right? Maybe you're tired of that more time, whatever, everyone is in a different situation. But taking a pause and examining ourselves, right? conducting an audit of ourselves, right? of our own lives, of our own actions, and seeing where do I stand today compared to a year ago? Compared to a year ago, where do I stand today? Am I in a better state? Especially when it comes to spirituality, especially when it comes to my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Am I in a better state or in a worse state? Simple question. You ask yourselves. You don't need to ask anyone else. My heart, is it more pure compared to last year? Or is there more filth and more junk in my heart? Am I feeling good and peaceful? Do I have clarity in my mind, in my heart today than I did than a year ago? Or is there more confusion and more chaos in my heart, in my mind? But we ask ourselves these questions. Most one of Ta'ala tells us in the Quran, shortest surah of the Quran, right? one of the shortest surahs of the Quran. And it always strikes me, right? Because when we are out of time, that is the surah that we recite. Huh? When you're in rush, when you're in a rush, you want to get back to work, you have you know something to do. If you want to get your prayer over with, many people will choose Surah Al-Asr. But it's actually talking about time. In that moment, when you're in a rush, and you think you're running out of time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you about time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing time. You're in a rush. You want to get it over with quickly. You don't have time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you about time. I swear by the time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath of the time. Direct message. And human being indeed is in a state of loss. You're losing. You want to rush through your salah? You're out of time, but you're actually losing unless you're doing these four things. Except those. So everyone is in a, in, in a human being is in a state of loss. Except those who believed. Those who believed. And did righteous deeds. Did good deeds. What are the good deeds? Those which are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person thinking that they're doing a good deed but is actually displeasing to Allah, that's not a good deed. Right? It's not going to be of no benefit to them. So, Exhorting each other to follow the truth, exhorting each other to observe patience. If you do these four things, then you're not in a state of loss. Otherwise, your time is ticking. It's a time bomb, really, right? Which is going to bring an end to our life. So the time is ticking and you're in a state of loss. You're not gaining anything. Unless you're doing these four things. So if you want to overcome this loss, inherent loss in time, then this is the prescription, my brothers and sisters. This is the prescription. It's very simple. Right? Just a few verses. As I said, we read it so quickly. Okay, but that is the prescription. Otherwise, you're going to end up being a loser. Simple as that. This is what Allah SWT is telling us. Inna Humanity is in a state of loss, right? Everyone's going to be a loser. You're not going to gain anything. You're going to end this life as a loser. Who wants to be a loser? Nobody. Ever heard of a show called Who Wants to Be a Loser? No. Then who wants to be a millionaire? No one wants to be a loser because nobody wants to be a loser. 
Okay? If you don't want to be a loser, this is the prescription. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us in one of the shortest surahs of the Quran. Now, Imam Shafi'i, Shafi'i, has said, لَوْ تَدَبَّرَ النَّاسُ هَذِهِ سُورَةَ That if people reflected upon Surah Al-Asr, if people reflected upon Surah Al-Asr, on the Surah, it will be enough for them. It will be sufficient for them. Uh, if they reflected, right, short Surah, go through it quickly, reflect upon Reflect upon what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. And the underlying principle, my brothers and sisters, is making the right choice. Making the right choice. You see, Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us in the Quran, "Yasalunaka an al-khamri wal-maisir." That they ask you, O Muhammad sallallahu alaihi concerning alcohol, uh, concerning wine, concerning alcoholic drink and gambling. "Qul fihi ma ithmun kabir, wa manafi'un al-nas, wa ithmuhu ma akbaru min nafi'hi ma." Allah tells the Prophet sallallahu alaihi that say in them is a great sin and some benefit for people, but the sin of them is greater than their benefit. So there must be benefit in what we do. And the benefit should be greater than the harm or the risk of harm. This is a simple philosophy, simple principle of Islam, which can keep us all out of a lot of trouble. It can keep all of humanity out of trouble. So things can have benefit. Allah tells us that yes, alcohol can have some benefit. Even gambling can have some benefit. Right? When we look at usury and interest, which is haram, it can have some benefit. But... The benefits have to be greater than the potential for, for harm. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that the harm in these things is greater than the benefit. The harm, the risk of harm is greater than the benefit. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it haram. Right? Made it prohibited for us for our own benefit, for our own good. Otherwise we're going to end up harming ourselves. Right? And this goes for all the prohibitions of Allah that Allah has given us. They are prohibited because they are bad for us. And all the obligations are there because they are beneficial to us and because they are good for us we need them right? so there must be benefit in what we do and the benefit should be greater than the harm or the risk of harm right? simple underlying philosophy of Islam and in these cases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that the benefit is not greater than the harm rather the harm is greater than the benefit Allah azza wa jal tells us do you think that we have created you in vain in play do you think that you have been just created just for just for nothing, with no purpose. Allah says, And we created not the heaven and the earth and all that is between them in vain. Allah has not created anything without a purpose. He has not created anything in vain. So we shouldn't do anything in vain either. Right? So let us reflect on the passing of time, my brothers and sisters. How are we spending our time? How could we better... How could we do better to reverse this inherent loss in the passing of time? What adjustments can we make in our lives, in our ways, to make the upcoming year better? And sometimes there are little tweaks. Sometimes there are little tweaks. You know, going to bed half an hour earlier so that we can wake up for Fajr. Right? Going to sleep a little bit earlier, taking a nap during the day so we can wake up for the Hajj. Right? I mean, little, little things. Right? They may seem like they're really hard things to achieve, but sometimes it just takes a little tweak. Cutting down on sugar. To gain control on your weight, for example. I mean, little things, right? Sometimes it's just small, minor tweaks that we make, and they have a tremendous impact on our lives. So what can we do better? What adjustments can we make? What are the activities that we're involved in, right? Is there any benefit in the things that we do? 
apart from satisfying our desires. Islamically, satisfying our desires is not a legitimate benefit. Simply and only satisfying our desires is not a legitimate benefit. Right? There's got to be something else. There should be something else. Okay? Just satisfying desires for the sake of satisfying desires, that's not good enough. Okay? So is there any benefit? And if yes, do the benefits outweigh the harms and the risks? Right? What activities should we be involved in that have the most benefit and the least harm? And the benefit in the hereafter, of course, is the most valuable. But even legitimate benefit in this world also counts. Right? So there should be some benefit in what we do. And that should it should be greater than the than the harm and the risk of harm. We'll end with this dua, inshaAllah. Abdullah bin Hisham radiallahu anhu reports that the Sahaba radiallahu anhu would learn the following dua. And one narration mentions, or I think I believe the narration mentions that they would learn it as they would learn a surah of the Quran, although it's not part of the Quran. That when the new month or the new year would begin, they would say, Allahumma adkhilhu alayna bil amni wal iman, wa salamati wal islam, wa ridwanim min ar-Rahman, wa jawarim min ash-shaytan. That Allah bring this month or this year upon us with security, with iman, with safety, with Islam, your pleasure and the protection from shaytan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. May Allah azza wa jal grant us all much goodness and greater iman and health and peace and love and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may He grant this to all of our brothers and sisters and all of the inhabitants of the world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us to use our time wisely in the things that are of true benefit. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make whatever is coming towards us in this new Islamic year and the new school year good for us and easy for us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us the people of truth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all forms of hypocrisy and evil. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide those who are in positions of leadership to make the correct decisions and protect them and us all from hypocrisy and nifaq. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. Alhamdulillah rabbal alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Wa ilayka yurja'u al-amru kulluhu. Ala niyatuhu wa sirruhu. Allahumma laka alhamdu hatta tarda. Wa laka alhamdu idha radit. Wa laka alhamdu ba'da rida. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Allah, we thank you for all of your blessings, Ya Rabbil Alameen. But Allah, count us from amongst the grateful, the shakirin, the believers, the mu'mineen, and the people of taqwa, the muttaqeen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. But Allah, please grant us the patience and make us people of, of, of beautiful patience, Ya Rabbil Alameen. But Allah, please guide us and guide this entire ummah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. But Allah, please protect us from the evils of falsehood, Ya Rabbil Alameen. But Allah, please make us the people of the truth, Ya Rabbil Alameen. But Allah, please make us steadfast. Oh Allah, please grant us istiqamah. Oh Allah, please grant us istiqamah, steadfastness in our iman, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, especially through these difficult times. Oh Allah, these times of chaos and confusion. Oh Allah, please protect our iman and grant us steadfastness, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect our future generations, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, oh Allah, please make us and our future generations the means of the revival of this ummah and this deen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please cure all of our brothers and sisters who are ill. Oh Allah, especially our elder sister, who is in pain, O oh Allah, our brothers and sisters who are suffering from long-term pain and injuries, O oh Allah, all of those who are ill or at risk of becoming ill, O oh Allah, the brother, the father, and uh, the, the mother, the father, and brother-in-law of our brother Arman, O oh Allah, please uh, grant them a, a, a quick recovery, Ya Allah, O oh Allah, you are the protector and healer, O oh Allah, grant them a speedy recovery and protect them all from all types of illnesses and pain and suffering, Ya Rabbul Alameen, O oh Allah, please grant relief to all of those who are in pain, who are in grief, who are in stress and anxiety. O oh Allah, please replace it with peace and happiness and joy, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, we are your weak sinning servants. 
Oh Allah, you are the most kind, the most merciful. Oh Allah, please forgive us for all of our sins and our mistakes, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, please forgive us for all of our weaknesses, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, lift us from this trial of this pandemic. Oh Allah, lift this ummah from this trial of this century. Oh Allah, please protect this ummah. Oh Allah, please guide this ummah, Ya Rabbah Adameen. Oh Allah, please grant us strength and bring us closer to you, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, please guide us to that. Oh Allah, guide us and our leaders to that which pleases you most. Oh Allah, grant us the best return to you whenever it has been decreed for us, Ya Rabbah Adameen. Allahumma aghfir al-jami'a mawta al-muslimin. Al-lazheena shahidu laka bil-wahdaniyya. Wal-nabiyyika bil-risala. Wa matu ala thalik. Allahumma aghfir lahum arhamhum. Ba'afihim wa'afu anhum. واكب نزلهم ووصل مدخلهم واغسلهم بالماء والثلج والبرد ونقهم كما ينقى الثوب الأبيض من الدنس اللهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من القاسدين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم إنا نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أصبغ علينا لباس الصحة والعافية وجعلها عونا لنا على طاعتك ومرضاتك يا رحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك العفة والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلناها من الراشدين اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من النضل أو نضل أو نزل أو نزل أو نظلم أو نظلم أو نجهل أو نجهل علينا يا رب العالمين اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من قلب لا يخشع ودعاء لا يسمع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن علم لا ينفع إنا نعوذ بك من زوال نعمتك وتحول عافيتك وفجاءة نقمتك وجميع سخطك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اشف مرضانا اللهم اشف مرضانا وارحم موتانا اللهم اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف الرحيم اللهم حر المسجونين المظلومين خصوصا في بلاد المسلمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم ألف بين قلوب المسلمين ووحد صفوفهم وأصلح قادتهم وأصلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم للحق يا رب العالمين اللهم أصلح والمسلمين في كل مكان اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الأقصى يا رحم الراحمين اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الأقصى يا رحم الراحمين اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الأقصى يا رحم الراحمين اللهم احفظ وانصر إخواننا وأخواتنا في كل مكان يا رحم الراحمين اللهم انصر المصدعات في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح المبين يا رب العالمين وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحم الراحمين زاكم الله خير ورحمة sisters those at home please offer your four rakah zohar and if you are registered for Friday prayer please come at your allotted time زاكم الله